like vision boards going back to that similar to that concept um, they know what they want in their relationship but now comes the big question how do they get to it with this journaling you will get those answers it takes time it's a process because your answer your body won't give you answers you're not ready for but the more you journal about it the more you'd be able to get those answers that you want it's not that you journal and then it's gonna happen it's that now you know how to get there so if you want this relationship now you'll know what you have to do and now you have to go and do it welcome to power up your performance where we talk about how you can learn to think feel perform and live like a champion Hey, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, the Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. In the book and on this podcast, I talk a lot about the benefits of journaling to record what's going on in your life, in your training, and with your health. Today, I'm talking with S.T. Rappaport, who will introduce us to another type of journaling, journaling with your non-dominant hand. So I had never heard of this, but it turns out that writing with your non-dominant hand forces us to create neural pathways in our brain and helps us to look at things in a new way. And this is crazy. It also helps us be more open-minded. Did you know that when you look at a list or a menu, you are more likely to make a selection from the side that corresponds with your dominant side. In a Stanford University experiment by David Casasanto, which I'm probably completely saying wrong, in this experiment, he asked people to make decisions on hiring based on brief descriptions of each individual. And then he arranged these people into random right and left columns, and participants were more than twice as likely to choose candidates from the column on their dominant side. So I thought this was an interesting idea, and I figure it's one of those things that doesn't hurt to try, right? It might help you find a creative solution to a problem, or it might help you get unstuck when you're writing or working on a project. Today's guest, S.T. Rappaport, says that journaling with your non-dominant hand can also help you resolve conflicts, with your significant other, or even help you tap into issues that are keeping you from reaching your full potential. Let me tell you a little bit about her. S.T. Rappaport is a relationship photographer, creative journal, expressive arts coach, founder of Genius Relationships, and host of the Life Picks Relationships podcast. After observing, listening, and connecting with so many couples, S.T. is on a mission to find out what makes relationships work and how they can become extraordinary and is here to help as many couples as possible. I hope you enjoy this interview. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Esty. I'm so excited to have you here today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. So we are going to talk about creative journaling. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this? Yeah. So I was a photographer, or I am a photographer, I should say, um, since I was a little kid and, you know, like in college, I went to the studio to take pictures of people and things like that. And I realized that my favorite part of photography was the emotions. Like I didn't like modeling so much and having perfecting people to stand in the right way. I liked more when people loved their emotion than what was coming out. And the 
place that got the most emotion was when there's a couple that's in love, their connection, they're really there with each other in the pictures. So I then went, it's like, okay, bye everybody else. I'm doing just relationship photography, pictures for couples. Interesting. Yeah. I like this. Okay. Then I was like, okay, so what we do is we take the pictures, help them get to their ultimate state, choose their favorite ones and hang them up on the wall like a vision board. Yeah. So like they know where they're headed to. They know what they want. They got into a fight, but they have that picture always there reminding them what they want, sets their brain in the right direction. Very cool. Yeah. But that was great and it is great and I still do it, but it's very basic. It doesn't really help you get to what you want, right? It sets you in the right direction, but it doesn't help you what you want. So I was looking for something else that I could help my couples with. And you know, when you're like out there looking, then it just comes to you. There was mm-hmm. this person who needed a place to stay. She ended up staying by my house for the weekend and she does this CJA coaching and started talking with her. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like I journal with my non-dominant hand and I get the answers that I want so I could go do what I want. I was extremely intrigued and I went to her for some sessions first. She lived like two hours away. I was like, nah, nah Zoom doesn't work for me. I'm going to do it in person. <laughs> And I went to her and then afterwards I went into the training and that's what I do now. Okay. So there's just like so many cool things in that little bit that you explained. How, so talk to us a little bit about what creative journaling is, and then we're going to talk about how to get started. Sure. So we use creative journal. We use our non-dominant hand. The reason for that is because there's two parts to the brain, right? The right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. And each part of the brain is in charge of the opposite side of the body. Now, the left side of the brain, which is in charge of the right side of the body, is in charge of also all the logic stuff, like math, reading, writing, everything they have to think logically. And the right side is all the creative stuff, art, music, drama. And it's also in charge of emotions. So when you're using your non-dominant hand, you get direct access to your emotions without all those logic reasonings coming in place and stopping you from doing what you want to do. The journaling that ST does is something that was created by Dr. Lucia Capiccione. She wrote an article for Medium that explains a little bit more of the background of this. And I want to read that to you and then I will link it in the show notes. In the article, she says, shortly after beginning therapy while writing in my journal, a self-critical voice, which I recognized as my inner critic, started yammering in my mind. I am right-handed, but my left hand suddenly grabbed the pen out of my dominant hand and responded by drawing a picture of my inner child. Although I was a professional artist, this looked like a four-year-old's drawing. A lively dialogue ensued in which my inner child, writing with my non-dominant hand, asserted herself by answering back to the inner critic, writing with my dominant hand. Again, I felt liberation and deep inner healing. And then she adds later in the article, most important, the other hand writes from a different voice within. It expresses feelings, intuitions, and wisdom far more clearly than our dominant hand. So what would we do to get started? You just start writing? Are there writing prompts or like what Yeah, literally stuff? there's like there's like a whole bunch of writing prompts and like tons of books by Dr. Lucia Capiccioni made it up. So she wrote like 23 books or something. I made it up is like I don't like that word. Discovered it. She was 
chronically ill discovered it through healed herself and then went on to do research based on other people who have done research on the two sides of the brain and yeah um so it's not just like fluff you know i'm saying like it works so by writing out journal prompts with your non-dominant hand you get in touch with your emotions and once you're in touch with those emotions how does that change you or what what happens as a result Right. So it depends what your goal is. What are you doing? Like first thing, like really easy, like for people who just want to start and they're really like not sure what does this work with this thing is like, you know, like when you're really angry, people do two things. Either they like lash out and they get really mad at everyone or they lock their emotions in. They go into their cave, they close down. Now, Mm -hmm. both of them are unhealthy because you need to release your emotions, but you need to release them in a healthy way. So let's say going for a walk or deep breath, there's different ways, different people say different things. A very, very beneficial like uh, way to do that would be is to take your pen or marker if you really want to get into it and move it to your non-dominant hand and just scribble out because then you're getting direct from the emotions. You're not like trying to calm yourself down. You're taking the emotion, you're letting it out of your system. It's on the paper and now you can think clearly. So does it matter if your writing is so horrible with, your opposite hand that you can't read it doesn't make a difference, especially like when you're angry and you're just scribbling, it's literally just scribbles. But when you do the writing prompts and you journal about it, then you, the point is not the piece of paper, right? The point is the knowledge that you got while you were writing. So if you're confused about something and you journal about it, that knowledge you have, even if you can't read it afterwards, you could write it in your dominant hand. Okay. So you said that you started this as another way to help the couples that you were taking photos of. So give us an example of how this would work for a couple that wants to improve their relationship. Sure. So if you're in a difficult situation, any challenge, it could be with yourself, it could be with someone else, it could be you're not sure what job you want to take, right? Or going back to these couples, you've got into a fight with your couple, with your spouse. You could draw a little diagram, a little sketch of the situation that you're in. So let's say going to this couple, two couple, a couple got into a fight. So I'm going to draw the fight that they are, that I'm in. Mm-hmm. with your non-dominant hand, just to get that picture up. Then what you're going to do is you're going to take two crayons or two markers with two different, in two different hands. Your dominant hand is what you're going to write thinking logically, asking the questions because you're thinking and you're accessing your logical brain. Your non-dominant hand is you're not going to think. You're going to let your subconscious mind, your emotions just run the show. And you're going to have a dialogue between the two. You're going to ask whatever questions you want to find out about the situation with your dominant hand, and you're going to answer with your non-dominant hand, right? So let's say you got into this fight. You're going to ask, so first you could talk to the picture. So who are you? You're asking with your dominant hand. Answer with your non-dominant hand. The fight that I got into with whatever. How do you feel? I feel angry. I feel taken advantage of. Why do you feel taken advantage of? Well, he's told me he's going to do that. And in the end, he made me. So, and you're going to continue the whole dialogue back and forth going between your dominant hand and your non-dominant hand. And you're going to all of a sudden get an understanding that you couldn't think of just by thinking logically. So could somebody use this outside of relationships? You know, if they're trying to make a major life change, like maybe they're trying to change their nutrition and they keep reaching in the cookie jar and, you know, overeating whatever that weakness 
that food yes, is that gets them every time. Yes, literally a picture of that cookie jar, right? And then have a dialogue with it. Who are you, the cookie jar? Why do I keep on reaching into the cookie jar? Because you're bored or because you're – someone got you angry and that's, the, and that's your way of letting out your – your anger now sometimes you're going to get things that you knew already like let's say if you're bored and you know that you eat when you're bored but you know it but once you like put it down on paper and you take responsibility for it and you could and then you're like okay so I'm doing it when I'm bored now now what how could I deal with the boredom that I have you could go further with it and sometimes you'll get answers that you never thought of before like I'm stressed and you didn't realize that you eat when you're stressed or whatever it is and do people do this only when they're experiencing a problem or should this be something you work on every day or every month? Like, yeah, so you want, you it's best practice would be to do it like on a daily basis, right? You don't have to go crazy if you don't do it every day, but like a few times a week. Um, and then you could do all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be a major difficult situation, but you're having a day and you're not sure how to plan or you don't know, should you move or should you not move? Should you take the new job or not? What should you do about it? It could be, you could also do it about good things, right? You are planning a party and you're not sure how to do it or your party happened already and you want to understand why you felt that way by the party and how you could continue that emotion going, right? Going back to the couples, what I do with the couples after they, I take the pictures of them is I journal that picture or they journal about that picture and how they could get to that more often. So that's in a positive state. I want to keep this positive state. I want to keep this great emotion. What can I do about it? So do you get any resistance from people who think, oh, I'm not a creative person. This is creative. I can't do this. Yeah, all the time. And I think that we're all born creative. Like, think about it. Kids don't think they're not artists. They All their pictures they think are beautiful and deserve to get hung up on the wall, right? Until outside society comes in and makes us realize that maybe we're not artists. Now, for this actual program, you don't need to be artists because the point isn't, like we said, the results, the point is the process of what comes out. But really, the art is creative. We even have prompts about that, the creative. We like do like the critical parent and like make like uh, you could journal about it even, right? Right. Have your critic, the person that's telling you, I'm not creative, write that with your dominant hand and answer with your non-dominant hand why you think that you are going back and forth with that. So that could also be really helpful for people who always like self-sabotaging everything and saying that they're not good enough and bad self-talk you could totally do that with your dominant hand write down all the things that you constantly tell yourself and answer it back with your non-dominant hand do you think that there is a certain age that you have to be before you can start using this is it something that would work for a kid who's just learning how to write or do you need to be a teenager or an adult what's what are your yeah, thoughts so obviously as soon as you could write like proper sentences you could actually do the journaling part but there's this cool creative journal expressive arts we also use a lot of art so with younger kids we focus more on the art part very cool like scribbling out your emotion like if your three-year-old is getting really angry and is just throwing things around your hand you could ask him if instead he wants to sit down and take the crayon and move it and just scribble it out with his non-dominant hand that is doesn't take any writing to do and he'll feel much more relaxed afterwards so would a parent who wanted to do that need any special training to have their kid use that technique? 
No, there's no special training to go and do it. If you want to go and learn more about it, get more prompts and easier for you to do, you could just like literally Google Dr. Lucia Capicchioni and you'll get like a whole bunch of books for kids, for teens, for work, for all different areas of your life of prompts. But even for yourself, you could just take the initiative of like, okay, I'm thinking logically. I'm using it with my dominant hand. I'm not thinking and I'm answering within my non-dominant hand and go wherever you want with it. I like that. So when you work with couples to improve their relationships, what is your process that you work with them? You talked about how you help people make their relationships extraordinary. How do you do that? What yeah. process do you take? Them <laughs> so we do um, first the photo shoot part of having them get into their first, the journaling part. Let's backtrack first um, what they want in their relationship, right? So everyone has these dreams. They see these Instagram pictures, their friends or whatever that they want in their relationship. And we journal about it and we get into real details. What emotions do you want to feel? How do you want to be? How often do you want to see each other? What you want? Then we do um, photo shoots and help in that ultimate state, right? They already, they're already very aware of it. So it's much easier for them to get into that state at the time of the photo shoot. And then we journal again with the pictures afterwards. Okay, so now I have this picture. Now what I do? Now besides for that, what else we do is we do a lot of other art modalities like collaging. Mm-hmm. They would make a collage of what they want their relationship to look like. Now they could do the collage, each one of them separately, and they could also do it together. Pen, sometimes we do all three. Each one of them does their own, and then they do one together. And now they have like vision boards going back to that, similar to that concept um, they know what they want in their relationship, but now comes the big question, how do they get to it? With this journaling, you will get those answers. It takes time. It's a process because your answer, your body won't give you answers you're not ready for, but the more you journal about it, the more you know, the more you go to it, you'll be able to get those answers that you want. It's not that you journal and then it's going to happen. It's that now you know how to get there. So you want this relationship. Now you'll know what you have to do and now you have to go and do it. So when you're working with couples and you're taking those pictures, maybe they haven't decided they're going to work with you on the journaling part yet. Do you ever look at pictures and you could, as you're taking like through the lens, as you're taking the pictures, you can see that there's some disconnect in the family or the couple. I mean, can you tell as a photographer? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even before I've been doing this, like just from taking pictures of people, like without even noticing, like I'll notice that let's say when I would do families that there was like one kid that would always go to the mother or maybe she would always try to stand as far away from the mother because she's not so interested in being near her or different things like that. Um, but for sure in couples, like how comfortable they are with each other. And then like, who's the more dominant one in the relationship? How do they get each other to laugh or to relax? You literally, it's like the coolest job. You get to see like into their personal lives, like no problem. I always think it's interesting too, pictures that you see different people post on Facebook where you can see the body language, like who's leaning away from the family or who like everybody's all close together. And there's that one person standing with no, like no interaction. That's it. Like not interested. (laughs) Whole world over there. Yeah. 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 Nice. I actually like from a 
kid, I would just like, would just like walk down the street and watch people like that. Literally, it sounds horrible, but that's what I would do. Like observe people just like, okay, I'm in the grocery store. So this person, this, this kid knows how to get his mother to buy everything while his sibling doesn't know and isn't getting anything he wants, you know, like all those sorts of things. Yeah. So when you're in that situation, do you just take the picture or <laughs> later on, do you, do you slip in a, a, some sort of a call to action so that they decide that, hey, maybe I need this journaling course? Yeah. So I do like, uh, obviously like make sure they know about it, but I'm, I feel like we're like so much, um, I feel like people need to be ready for, for right. what they want to do. So Definitely. if I feel like they're ready, then obviously I would talk about them more. If I think not, like it won't work. If you're not interested and you're not ready, you could do it from today till tomorrow. You're not going to get anything. Um, then like I won't, I'm just going to take their pictures and make sure that they come up. This is possible. <laughs> right. Cause that, that would probably get somebody, Hey, I'm here to take your engagement picture, but you know, your relationship looks a little off. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to come back to me when you're like about to get divorced then. Yeah. What, what types of things can people come to you? How do they find you? What can they, do you have courses? What are the things that people can work with you on? How do they find you? So all different things, either social media is quite a big one. Um, I also run a podcast, Life Picks Relationships. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I also do courses on relationships in general. Like I get all different experts and courses, genius relationships it's called, and we get all different experts together and people to those courses. So through all those people all right. getting to me. And I'll make sure I have those links in the show notes so people can find you. All right. So my last question I always ask in every interview is power up. Your performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform and live like a champion and you work with people in all walks of life, people who are trying to improve their performance, up-level their lives. What are three traits that you think all champions possess? So I think number one, it starts with the vision of what they want. Um, going back to like vision boards, that was like something I did as a kid even. I really think that they know you constantly have those stories of like all those players and stuff who like imagine themselves at the winning goal and all those sort of things they truly know where they want they have the vision and they know what they want it's just like okay I'll figure it out what life is going to be number two I think they love what they do because if you don't love what you do you're just going to give up on it and that leads to number three is that they don't give up because there's going to be a lot of challenges and they decide that it's worth it they love it they know that vision they have it so clear they know what the results it's going to be they know what it's going to give them that they got a challenge. They're going to work it through. It's not going to stop them from getting what they actually want to do. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great. Thank you for having me. It was great speaking to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm coach Kim Peak of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.